All right, so this has been a question that's been weighing on my mind quite a bit. So the question, the primary question I want to ask is, are stocks and real estate, do they happen to be hyperinflation proof? This is an important question because I actually think that real estate, oddly enough, is hyperinflation proof because I think the demand for housing would still continue to increase while the supply would continue to dwindle, 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 uh, down. It is supply, so the demand would be rising in exponentially. Also, there would be so much, there would be so much money that would be printed. Um, after a while, what this would do is it would, um, well, first off, I just want to explain what hyperinflation is. And let me give a good official definition. Let me look at official definition. Hyperinflation definition. <clears throat> Monetary inflation occurring at a very higher rate. Now, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I'll say this. In, I, in, based on this definition I see here on Google, in, in economics, hyperinflation is a very high and typically accelerating inflation. It, it quickly erodes the real value of the local currency. <laughs> As the prices of all goods increase, this causes as sorry, this causes people to minima, minimize their holdings in that currency as they usually switch to more stable foreign currencies such as the US dollar. Here's the problem though, the US dollar we get away with a lot because we're the we're, we're the world's reserve currency. So what we get away with with all the money printing we do, you cannot get away with that if you were a third world country even second world or however the fucking, however it all works. But here's the thing, you can't get away with that. The truth is, it's, it's a scary prospect, you guys. What we are facing right now is the real threat of hyperinflation. Um, I think we are. And people call me crazy, people call me whacked out, but dude, 40 to 50s or 60% of all of the circulating dollars that we have all the dollars in circulation is what I meant to say. All those dollars were printed in the last ye two years. We have printed so much fucking funny money. And it's bad. It, it's really bad, you guys. I mean, we, we got to... I wish more people would take this seriously, but people don't. They th whenever people like me bring it up... Like, seriously, whenever I... Like, people think I'm like some fear monger. No. I'm, I'm being honest. Like... The problem is people, uh, one of the reasons I make money is I use a theory that I kind of stole from Big Short, but I, I agree with it. That's why I stole it. And in, 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 the, um, in the clip, actually, I, I should play the clip. It very um, accurately explains how people underestimate the possibility of bad things happening. Therefore, they, um, what was it? Oh, so they, uh, yeah, so, so they um, don't, you know, people don't like to think about bad things happening, so they underestimate the, uh, likely, the likelihood of the, of the bad event happening. And in fact, I think I should actually play the clip if I could find it on the tubes. Um, it's actually a really good clip. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, let's see, Charlie and... Oh, something, something. Um, Big short. Um, it's like Charlie. I can't remember the other guy's name. Charlie and something. Big short. 
The Brownfield Fund, yes. Meeting with the... Uh... It's actually one of my favorite scenes, um, but... I want to jump to the part where they talk about um, their investment strategy to begin with. So, so I don't even have the. It's a damn good clip, by the way. Happy Morgan Chase. Oh my God. I honestly love this clip, though. It's a little ridiculous, but. This is actually just a good clip. I like watching it. Hopefully you guys enjoy. <laughs> Let me drink myself a little bit. Oh. Find any marketing material on I forgot to put the volume up on this. Oh, we just moved here from Boulder. Yeah. yeah. Well, can we see some of your offering documents? Well, Brownfield is its own money. I gotta admit, the uh, volume on this is pretty low. Can you tell us how much you manage? Of course. We're doing 30 million right now. Um, but we started four years ago with 110,000. Wow. So as you can see, that's... Those are, by the way, those are some really, really good returns. Those are actually pretty decent for just a startup fund. And the thing I... I'm just going to interrupt because I, I do like this clip and I figure it's a good clip to show. I do kind of want to interrupt it because what, what pisses me off about them is they want to work for these big banks. I don't see why they would. They could be their own entity amongst themselves. They don't need other people's money. I mean, sure, they would get faster and faster gains, gains over time, but honestly, working for a company, that's not what you want. You're, the goal is, is, as an investor is to be as free as you can be. Um, that means not working with other people's money, working with the profits that you've already made. I personally love the lone wolf strategy. I've lived the lone wolf strategy so far. Um, has it made me super duper rich? I mean, look, if I was using other people's money, yeah, I'd be a lot richer. I'd get a lot of profit. But then again, you have to worry about if your strategies fail. Even though my strategies haven't failed, they've been very successful because I, I play like a hedge fund. I do play like a hedge fund in a lot of ways. Um, you know, because they haven't failed, I just, I, I just don't want to get too cocky. I don't want to use other people's money. <laughs> I don't want to owe anybody. As they always say, the, as Dave Ramsey famously has said, uh, the borrower is slave to the lender. That's why I think of my credit cards, for instance, as an extension of my debit card. So that way I'm not just willy-nilly thinking it's free money. I'm realizing there's limits. Anyway, let's continue before I go off on a crazy rant. Really cool. Yeah. yeah, so just a quick thing. And, and ISDA, I can't remember what the acronym completely means, but it's an agreement... Um, basically here's the definition it's right here. An agreement that lets an investor sit at the big boy table and make high level trades, not available to stupid amateurs. So yeah, as uh, we're amateurs, basically anybody who's a retail investor is technically an amateur. But the thing is like, in the way I look at it, I'm going to try to keep this short. Yeah, there's so many good opportunities out there in the open market anyway. If you follow the stupid money, and what I and what I mean by the stupid money is is follow what the stupid money is gonna plug into is really the next best step that you can do. So I'm always looking where the stupid money's gonna go. Shiba Inu, for instance. I consider any money that's in the Shiba Inu coin stupid money. 
but I had a feeling a bunch of idiots were going to pile in money and raise that market cap really, really high. And that's when I was able to get my initial principal back while still holding onto my majority of my ship coins. Point, point being is I, I do follow trends, but I, 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 I predict them before they become a trend. That's the thing. Um, I predict the would-be trends uh, during bear markets preferably, but during any market's fine too. Continue. That is so cool. Thank you. But uh, you guys are under the capital requirements for an ISDA. By how much? Uh, how much? Uh, One billion four hundred seventy million or so. A lot. This makes us look bad, doesn't it? That we didn't know what the capital requirements were. Uh, it's not great. But uh. Keep up those returns and uh, give us a call way down the line, you know? Now, there should be a point in this. B of A and B. The other loser. I don't think I can go anyway. The weed. I need you to leave. Yep, yep, we're going. Let's go. Look at this. Look at this. This guy says that. Find Jared Bennett's housing. Is crazy. Stuff. Swaps for more. Cause two. Garage with 110,000. Ah, here we go. This kind of explains it a little they bit. started working out of Jamie's garage with 110000 Jamie had saved taking sailboats up and down the East Coast. Our investment strategy was simple. People hate to think about bad things happening, so they always underestimate their likelihood. Their strategy was simple and brilliant. What he said. Jamie and Charlie found markets will sell options very cheaply on things they think will never happen. So when they were wrong, they were wrong small, but when they were right, they were right big. It's actually a brilliant strategy, playing options in that way, because you can get an options contract on things uh, people don't think will happen, like straight up. Like, that is a thing, um, completely. And in the way I look at it is, it's pretty simple. These, how do I say it? You know, in the marketplace itself, we const we do underestimate a lot of things. Um, one thing I could say is we underestimate the likelihood of anything happening. Um, and it's like, how do I say it? Uh, for me personally, when I'm... There's a lot of things I think would never happen. I don't think a real estate crash would ever happen again, but it still could happen. That's the point. Um, the problem is, I think the Fed is making it to where, with all this money printing, that we're never going to have a crash ever again until it's too late. Uh, the crash, when it does happen, will be a very great surprise. We won't see it coming. Because if you think about it, 90% of, inst uh, of, of, all, um, of all assets like stocks um, are basically held by the ultra, ultra wealthy, and for good reason, because they know that's the best thing to hold. You don't want to hold cash. You want to hold assets. But here's the thing. Uh, there's always still the possibility of a market crash, though, because if they start, if they stop printing money and they make it very tough to borrow money, this is something I harp on 24-7, um, we may see a point when, um, you know, we may have to pull back. You know, pulling back is uh, it's a frustrating thing. Um, 
don't know. As far as I can tell, though, I think... Oh, I'm back. But yeah, as far as I can see, we're... um. I don't think there's going to be any major pullbacks anytime soon, um, at least on money printing. I think they're going to continue money printing all the way until 2022, potentially the end of 2022, but they have to realize that inflation is already rearing its ugly head hard, and the consumer's getting fucked hard. Like, the funny thing is, people like to, Biden likes to tell everybody, and Kamala Harris likes to tell everybody, that this money printing thing is a great idea. It's not. The people who get really screwed in the end are you and me. Now, look, I guess I shouldn't put myself in that equation because I'm always asset heavy. I'm always invested in assets 24-7. That's the way I look at it, man. But as long as I have good assets that pay me, that's what counts the most. That's what matters the most, in my opinion. But, you know, you just got to continue to hold, 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 and hold the best assets you can and, and try to be more of um try to always be more of an investor rather than a consumer. You know, that's the first priority. An investor. Be an investor. Invest in your education. Invest in your talents. Invest in your mind. That's the goal. We want to make sure that we're constantly doing the right stuff, thinking about it, thinking in the right way and just doing everything accurately. But I do want to thank you guys for taking the time to view this uh, view this episode. I really don't have much to add to this. Um Oh, I guess maybe I do. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Our stocks, I guess I never really gave a final comment on this, but our stocks inflation-proof or not? Stocks and real estate. I think if inflation got really, 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 really bad um, and, we, and the Fed stopped printing money suddenly or had to even taper even a little bit, if the Fed starts having to taper even more... Um, yeah, we could see a major pullback in stocks. We could see a bit of a crash, maybe a 10, 20% correction. If it gets really, really bad, um, if, infl- if hyperinflation gets really, really bad, then we might, and the Fed stops printing money all of a sudden, like a sudden halt, then we're going to see things really crumble. 30, 40% drops, I believe. That's just my estimate. I, I seriously don't believe inflation is all that transitory. Um, the Fed loves to use the word transitory in this instance, but it's not, it doesn't know. It's not true. Um, Every time we've, we've observed inflation in other countries, you know, like I said, America can get away, can get away with a lot, a lot when we're the world's reserve currency. But if you take a look at a lot of the other um, countries out there, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. The way I look at it is like, it, I, I sorry, I get a little frustrated talking about it if you guys want, if you guys want to know the truth, but. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for taking the time to view this video. I will just let you guys go. I'm going to stew off for a little bit of a moment because hyperinflation is a touchy subject for me because I don't like the fact that the Fed keeps printing money the way they do, and it's, it's not right because I do know that my family and friends are the ones who get fucked hard in the end. So doesn't matter what I think, though, the end, in the end. Anyway, later, guys. Have fun.